Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio. Your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Capitol Hill Oceans Week is being celebrated in Washington, D.C. this week. It focuses on the oceans and the coastal environment. The oil industry is involved because of its offshore activities and the Rigs to Reef program. With us today to explain the Rigs to Reef program is Chuck Bedell of Murphy Exploration and Production USA. Welcome, Chuck. Well, thank you, Jane. I'm glad to be with you. Oh, I'm glad you could join us. So what do we mean when we say Rigs to Reefs, or as some people say, Rigs as Reefs? Well, Jane, the drilling and the production industry have between three and 4,000 platforms in the offshore waters off the United States as of today. And these platforms are put in place whenever a company finds a deposit of oil or natural gas, which is large enough to produce. They vary in size depending on the size of the reservoir to be produced or on the depth of the water. And when these rigs are through being used, or as we call them platforms, they are retired and and they're either removed or the better thing is to try to leave them in place or have them towed to a location where they can be used as reefs. Well, is every rig or platform suitable to become a reef? They really are, Jane. Those that are in place on the continental shelf especially, these platforms actually function as reefs from the moment they're put in place. Their steel structures function in the same way as the rock outcroppings that underlie natural reefs and form the basis for some of the richest life in the ocean. Well, how did the people of the oil and natural gas industry turn a decommissioned offshore platform or rig into a reef? What do you do? Well, first of all, we consult with the agencies involved. There are state agencies that designate places where they would like to have the reefs built uh, so that sports fishermen and commercial fishermen and divers can take advantage of them. And then physically, we remove valuable machinery that's used to process the oil or natural gas and pumps that are designed to pump it into the uh, pipeline system to bring it ashore to the refineries. And once all those uh, pieces of equipment and tanks that might have had oil or uh, lubricants or anything in them are all removed, then the uh, structure is separated from the ocean bottom by cutting and then it's towed, floated over to the site where the state has said they would like to have it, and then it's sunk in place. And the advantage of using this steel superstructure to create a reef, I mean, what, what does it do? Well, for instance, in the Gulf of Mexico, as everyone knows, the Mississippi River has deposited over the eons uh, large layers of mud throughout the entire Gulf of Mexico, and there are only a few places where hard outcroppings exist that form the basis for uh, reefs and, and natural concentrations of life. So what we do is we we take these things and lay them generally on their side in groups, and they provide both shelter in that they are three-dimensional structures and smaller fish can swim among them 
and, and seek shelter from larger predatory fish. And then, of course, the solid surfaces are the home for corals and all sorts of, every sort of, of natural life that you'd find on a, on a natural reef. It's a dazzling array of life, Jane, and, and you can see it right on these platforms. Again, when they're in, even when they're producing and after they're done producing when they're turned into artificial reefs. You mentioned that there are agencies involved in the process. Is there quite a bit of government oversight when a rig becomes a reef? Right, there is, Jane, and, and also, of course, the entire operation of our offshore platforms is controlled by agencies such as the Minerals Management Service of the Department of Interior and the Environmental Protection Agency, and then state agencies get involved when we come into state waters, and if uh, that's where many of the, the reef locations are. Chuck, in general, how deep is the water where the rigs are turned into reefs? The uh, depth varies, but it's never very deep. The reason for it, uh, locating the reef sites in shallow water is that the sun's energy is the thing which drives life on reefs. And if you get too deep, the sun's energy is uh, diminished enough so that the productivity of the reef is, in, in, in fact, diminished as well. So we don't want to go in really deep water. And uh, the states pick the sites to complement any natural uh, productive areas and areas where uh, platforms have existed and where, as a result, the uh, sports fishermen and divers and and commercial fishermen have over the years used these areas uh, for fishing already. Well, so the the fishermen are able to see that there are a lot of fish and other ocean life around these things, but has this really been confirmed and studied by marine biologists? Yes, it has. I've personally had contact with a number of leading marine biologists and scientists from universities around the country and research institutions. And uh, they have the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has lent its support to uh, programs where scientists have, have gone out to active platforms and taken samples of creatures that live there, even to look for possible cures for cancer. And uh, in addition to just studying the way in which uh, the natural uh, processes take place and and the way, uh, for instance, that a reef develops in the first place. I mean, you can't study that when you go to an existing reef, but if you put a new platform in offshore, scientists can come out right from the start and understand then how a succession of life uh, comes to live on the platform. And from that, they can get clues as to how to perhaps help restore the health of natural reefs, which are are, uh, in trouble right now. Well, Chuck, I know there's one in the Gulf called the Flower Garden Banks, and I have seen some video of that, although it was several years ago. Do you know where that reef is located, and is there any connection between that and some of the work that the industry is doing with turning rigs and platforms into reefs? Well, that area is south of the Louisiana and Texas coast, and it's an area which is preserved as a marine sanctuary. And with the cooperation of the oil industry, little activity goes on within the actual borders of the marine sanctuary in order to preserve it from physical damage. Development does take place all around it, and over the years, the addition of our platforms has allowed the marine life, which was once confined to the smaller area there of of the flower garden banks, to expand its uh, range. These forms of life now live on our platforms. And in fact, this then has provided a a sort of a safety measure 
that if anything were to happen in an area of the flower garden banks, it wouldn't mean that the species there would be as endangered as they otherwise might be because now they can be found on, on the surrounding oil and gas platform. So the platforms have had quite a beneficial impact. Well, I think it's not too much to say, Jane, that overall in the Gulf of Mexico, the carrying capacity, as biologists call it, of the Gulf, the amount of fish and lobsters and coral and other things that exist on reefs has, has gone up exponentially uh, from historical times before the installation of, as I said, the three to 4,000 platforms that we now have out there. Is the industry working to establish more rigs as reefs as a means to continually improve the offshore environment for fish and other saltwater inhabitants? Well, we are, and we, we are also working to try to keep platforms in place once they're through being used as uh, productive facilities for our purposes. By doing that, one can keep the spatial orientation that's now developed in the Gulf the same and make use of very productive areas right near the very surface of the water, which can be lost when you actually tow the separated platform and then topple it in a, on another location. So both are good, and we're certainly very much in, in favor of, of preserving as much of the functionality as we can of, of reefs by cooperating fully with these rigs to reefs programs and also, as we said, working with the Minerals Management Service uh, in the Department of Interior and, and trying to keep some of the platforms in place where they are as healthy reef communities. Sounds like a good plan. Well, we hope so, Jane. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.